G'day and welcome to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigao and on this show we're examining biblical concepts and ideas and asking ourselves the important question, is it relevant today? Or is it as outdated and ridiculous as the hope of ever traveling overseas again? Today we're going to have a look at three-dimensional decision making. Every day we make numerous decisions. In fact, the very first thing that you did this morning was to make a decision. You made a decision whether to get up out of bed or whether to press that snooze button and sleep in a little longer. According to a study conducted by Columbia University and published in Psychology Today in 2012, an average person makes around 70 conscious decisions every day. In fact, an article published in USA Today in 2014 suggested that a person makes around 35,000 decisions per day. Now, that's both conscious and unconscious decisions. There's no doubt that the decisions we make every day shape our life. Our decisions lead to our habits. Our habits lead to our character. And our character will determine whether we choose to allow God to enter our lives. Mark Twain wrote, Good decisions come from experience. And experience comes from making bad decisions. Now, this is true only in the light of two-dimensional decision-making. If you look at the three-dimensional decision-making pathway, we can avoid many of these bad decisions. And we're going to explore this concept of three-dimensional decision-making by having a look at Genesis chapter 13. And we're going to start by reading through the chapter. It reads, Then Abram went up from Egypt, he, his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him, to the south. Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold, and he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Lot also, who went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. So Abram said to Lot, Please, let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go towards Zoar. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. And the Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes now, and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and to your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants could also be numbered. Arise and walk in the land through its length and through its width, for I give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. Now what we find here is Abraham, well, at this point he's not yet Abraham, he's still called Abram. But I'm used to calling him Abraham, so that's what I'm going to call him. Abraham and Lot decide to part ways. This is the story that we find in Genesis chapter 13. And here we find a good example of two-dimensional versus three-dimensional decision-making, which we'll examine just after this song. Before the throne of God above I have a strong and perfect plea Great High Priest whose name is love Whoever lives and 
and pleas for me. My name is graven on his hands. My name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart. When Satan tempts me to despair, and tells me of my guilt within, upward I look and see him there, who made an end of all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on Him and pardon me. Behold Him there, the risen Lamb, my perfect spotless righteousness. The great unchangeable I am, the King of glory and of grace. One with Himself I cannot die, my soul is purchased by His blood. My life is hid with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior and my With Christ my Savior and my God. Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? I'm Marius Jigao and today we're looking at three-dimensional decision-making. We've just heard the story of when Abraham and Lot parted ways. But before we get into dissecting it, I'd just like us to have a look at the background. Now in Genesis chapter 12, the Lord came to Abram and he said, Get out of your country, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now I found it interesting what God said to Abraham first. He didn't say to him, Get out of your country. Take out your iPhone, that's right, he was using an iPhone, none of that Android rubbish, and type in 12 Deep Well Drive, Hebron, and then go there. No, that's not at all what God said to him. God said to him, get out of your country to a land that I will show you. From the very beginning, God was trying to develop Abraham's faith. He wanted Abraham to trust in him. So, Abraham listened to him and he left home. And as he was walking, he got into Canaan. And God said to him, This is the land that I will give to you. And then an interesting thing happened. A famine came to the land. Now I personally believe that this famine was there to test Abraham and to test whether he will trust God to stay in the land where God had sent him. And we know that Abraham actually chose to go to Egypt. But I don't believe that this was God's intent for him. Nevertheless, he ended up going to Egypt and deceiving the people there and making a fool of himself, putting his family in danger and ultimately bringing discredit to God's name when the Pharaoh of the land ended up telling him off for the way that he behaved. However, when he comes out of Egypt, God continues to bless him. You see, God continues to bless us even when we make wrong decisions. As Abraham came out of Egypt, you found that he increased in wealth so much that him and Lot can no longer dwell in the same place. And then he says something interesting to Lot, which we find in verse 9. It reads, Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. 
Now, it's interesting that Abram said this because he was obviously the leader. God had made him the promise. Lot was just kind of tagging along and reaping the benefits. But even though that Abraham was the leader, he didn't say, you know what, I'm going to go over there. And you can choose to go behind me or to the west or you can go home. I don't care what you do. No, that's not at all what Abraham said to Lot. Abraham gave over the decision to Lot. You see, he had learned by being in Egypt to trust in God. And he had learned to trust that God will bless him wherever he was. Now we find an interesting passage in the previous two verses which read, And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. And then we have an apparently superfluous sentence here. It says, The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. And then it kind of continues with the story. And this sentence saying, The Canaanites and the Perizzites dwelt in the land appears to really have no place here. And I was thinking to myself, I wonder why this sentence is here. Now, I believe that the sentence is there in order to let us know that they were not alone and that there were people watching the decisions that they were making, just like there were people in Egypt watching the decisions they were making back there. Now, Lot lifted up his eyes and saw the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. And Lot is about to make a two-dimensional decision, which we'll examine just after these songs. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigel, and today we're looking at three-dimensional decision-making as it plays out in Genesis chapter 13. We've so far discovered that Abraham allowed Lot to make the decision about what land to take, even though this was really his right to make this decision. So let's look at what Lot does. Essentially, what he does is to look around and evaluate what decision he should make. Now, What Lot should have done would have been to say, You know what, Abram? I've been so blessed by the fact that I've been following you. God has blessed me abundantly. I'm not going to choose the best for myself. I'm going to let you make that choice. And wherever you say that I should go, that's where I'm going to go. But that's not what Lot did. You see, he decided to take the best part for himself. He looked back and forward. He looked left and right. And then he decided what would be best for him. He was making a two-dimensional decision. You see, he never reached out to God. He never tried to connect with the vertical and see what God wanted him to do. Now, I believe that the next parenthetical statement in Genesis chapter 13, verse 10, which says, Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, is there to draw attention to the fact that Lot hadn't inquired of God what he should be doing. He hadn't connected with God because if he had connected with the vertical aspect of this decision-making process, God would have instructed him, hey, don't go in that direction. I'm about to destroy that wicked city. Don't go anywhere near it. Now Lot looked at the land and I believe that he said to himself, you know what? I think I can build my house right there next to that river and I can plant a big veggie patch over there and my flocks will grow. I think in four years time I'm going to have like twice as many flocks as I have now and we're really close to that city over there so I can send my servants and my daughters to sell livestock 
Oh, this is going to turn out awesome for us financially. However, he didn't look to see how this would influence his family on a spiritual level. He didn't look to see how this would impact his relationship with God. He didn't ask himself, how will this impact my children's relationship with God? Is this a good decision to make from the vertical dimension? On the other hand, we have Abraham. And we found out at the very beginning of this chapter in verse 4 that Abraham went to the place where he had first made an altar, between Bethel and Ai, and there he called upon the name of the Lord. The first thing that Abraham does in this chapter, in his decision-making process, is he reaches out to the vertical. He reaches out to God and he talks to God. And we find that at the end of the chapter, when he's in Hebron, in verse 18, that again he builds an altar there to the Lord. What was of critical importance in Abraham's life was his relationship with God. Wherever he went, the first thing he did was to build an altar, to have a place where he can spend his devotional time with God daily. On the other hand, Lot reaches out to grab the best thing he can for himself. And this is often the way that we behave. We often look at the things we know we shouldn't be reaching out for. But we think, if I don't reach out for this, I'm going to miss out. There was a young lady who went with her son to the hairdresser. And after she'd had her hair cut, she came to pay. And the hairdresser pulled out a big jar of lollies and said to her son, Take a big handful for yourself. And the son kind of like drew back a little bit, looked towards the ground and didn't really say anything. And the hairdresser said it again, reach up and take a big handful for yourself. And this time the son again kind of is just not saying anything and he's not doing anything. And his mum is wondering, why are you behaving this way? This is unlike you. And then the hairdresser opens the jar and takes a big handful and gives it to the young man who takes it from him and walks outside with a big smile on his face. And when they get outside, his mum inquires of him, why didn't you reach out to take a handful for yourself? You're not usually shy like this. What's going on? To which he replied to her, well, mum, his hand was much bigger than mine. You see, Abraham knew that God's hand was much bigger than his and he trusted that God would bless him. On the other hand, Lot reached out to take what he could for himself, neglecting the vertical component, neglecting his relationship with God. An anonymous person gave us a really wise statement which says, A man who is weak in his devotions and worldly in his desires will inevitably be wrong in his decisions. Stay with us after this song and we'll see how this is relevant to us today. Struggling with sin Forget 
Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? You're listening to Marius Jigao and today we're looking at the story of Abraham and Lot and have discovered that a man who is weak in his devotions and worldly in his desires will inevitably be wrong in his decisions. I believe that this statement very clearly indicates what Lot was doing. He was neglecting his relationship with God. In fact, if you look in the book of Genesis, nowhere will you find that Lot builds an altar to God. Nowhere do you find Lot calling upon the name of the Lord. On the other hand, Abraham, wherever he goes, the first thing that he does is to build an altar to God, is to make space for his devotional life. And the fact that Lot neglected this aspect of his life led to bad decisions. In fact, he first decided to move to the plains. And then he pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. Now, Lot knew that the men of Sodom were wicked and that he had no business in going there. A short while later, you find that he moves into Sodom and Gomorrah. And we find a very interesting verse in Genesis chapter 19 verse 1, which says, Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. Now, what was Lot doing sitting in the gate of Sodom? You see, this was the place where the leaders of the city would traditionally sit in those times. This verse implies to us that Lot had become part of the governing body of Sodom and Gomorrah. When you place yourself in a godless society, you lose your ability to make rational decisions. And this is exactly what happened to Lot. Now we know this because a few verses later, when the angels are taking refuge in his house because the men of Sodom were about to abuse them, Lot decides to offer them his two virgin daughters, essentially to abuse them instead. When you place yourself in a godless society, you lose the ability to make rational decisions. Now, I can just see the look on his daughter's faces when he said this. They would have been like, Dad, what? What's going on? When you place yourself in a godless society, you lose the ability to make rational decisions. And I know that some people say, well, this was the custom of the time. But there are some things that, irrespective of the customs of the time, are always wrong. You see, it's always wrong to give up your daughter to be raped. It doesn't matter what society you're in. Lot had placed himself in this society and he had completely lost the ability to make rational decisions because of the immorality that he constantly saw around him. The angels ended up taking Lot and his family out and Lot lost everything he had. He lost his wife, he lost other daughters which were in Sodom and the two daughters that he was left with were so morally bankrupt that they ended up committing incest with him. And this led to the birth of the Moabite and the Ammonite nations, which were bitter enemies of Israel. You can clearly see the outcome of Lot's negligence to connect with the vertical. This ended up leading to numerous horrible decisions and outcomes in his life. On the other hand, when we look at the way that Abraham behaved, he was placing an altar wherever he was going. He would spend daily time connecting with God, and this ended up being such a blessing in his life. This enabled him to make three-dimensional decisions. In the book Steps to Christ, we have an interesting quote which reads, Consecrate yourself to God in the morning. Make this your very first work. Let your prayer be, Take me, O Lord, as wholly thine. I lay all my plans at your feet. Use me today in your service. Abide with me and let all my work be wrought in you. This is a daily matter. Each morning, consecrate yourself to God for that day. Surrender all your plans to Him to be carried out or given up as His providence shall indicate. Thus, day by day, you may be giving your life into the hands of God and thus your life will be modelled more and more after the life of Christ. There's an interesting line in this paragraph which really spoke to me. 
It says, surrender all your plans to Him to be carried out or given up as His providence indicates. Now, I'm pretty stubborn by nature and I find it hard to give up my own ideas. But what we're instructed to do is to have our plans ready for God either to approve or to say, no, don't do this, and follow His will for us. And the only way that we can be sure of doing this is if we're spending daily time with God in prayer. You see, when you're spending daily time with God, you become wealthy. We find out in Genesis chapter 13 verse 2 that Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. You see, he was spending daily time with God and God blessed him and he became rich. We also can become rich when we give our hearts to God, when we spend daily time with God. However, this increase in wealth is not so much in silver and gold, but it's in our spiritual wealth. When we spend daily time connecting with God, we become spiritually rich. We connect with God. God may also choose to bless us financially as well, but He may also choose not to. In fact, an increase in finances is not always the blessing it appears to be. Now hang on, Marius, how can you say that? How can you say that an increase in finances is not always a blessing? We'll find out just after this song. From the highest of heights to the depths of the sea
Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigo and today we've been looking at three-dimensional decision-making. We've so far discovered that this is well exemplified in the choices of Abraham and Lot. Lot made two-dimensional decisions and chose to ignore the vertical component. He chose to ignore his connection with God. While the first thing Abraham would do was to seek out God in prayer and devotion. We also found out that when we spend time with God daily, we become rich in spiritual blessings and that financial increases are not necessarily a blessing. In fact, it's interesting that most of the world and most of the Christian world are seeking and working hard daily to put themselves in a position where it's harder for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for them to enter the kingdom of God. Many of us are striving to become wealthy when we know that the Bible tells us that it's hard for a wealthy person to enter the kingdom of God. What we should be really searching for is spiritual wealth. And this is developed by spending daily time with God. Throughout most of my life, I had no idea how to make three-dimensional decisions. In fact, I had schemed and plotted and manipulated and tried to get things to happen my way, and more often than not, they did. But when I looked back at the outcomes of my decisions, I discovered that the decisions I had made were in fact really bad decisions. You see, when we neglect our devotions, this leads to worldly desires, and worldly desires inevitably lead to wrong decisions. And this is extremely well exemplified in Genesis chapter 13. We see Lot making his two-dimensional decisions, and we see Abraham making his three-dimensional decisions. We are told in verse 11 that Lot chose for himself. You see, he didn't allow God to choose for him. He didn't even reach out to God and ask him, what's the best thing for me? What's the best thing for my family? What's the best thing for those around me? No, he chose for himself. And we can see the consequences of these actions. On the other hand, Abraham didn't reach out to grab what he could. He trusted in God. He knew that God's hand was much bigger than his. And we find in Genesis chapter 13, verse 17, that it reads, Arise and walk in the land, through its length and through its width, for I give it to you. God told him to walk around in the land, which was symbolic that it belongs to him. And then God said something interesting. He said, I give it to you. Abraham, unlike Lot, didn't reach out to grab for himself. He waited for God's hand, which was much bigger than his, to give the land to him. I want to ask you today, which one of these two represents your decision-making process? Is your decision-making process based on two dimensions, based on only the things that you can see, or are you spending daily time with God, which enables you to make three-dimensional decisions? Are you like Abraham, or are you like Lot? For much of my life, I was living exactly like Lot, and this brought so much suffering to my life. But, When we choose to give our life to God, even if we've been living like Lot for most of our lives, we can turn it around. Because we find in 2 Peter that he states that Lot was a righteous man. And even from Lot's incestuous relationship that he had with his daughter came the nation of Moab. And many centuries later, out of this nation was born a young lady named Ruth. Ruth was grafted into the nation of Israel and through her came the seed of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. I spent much of my life living like Lot. But then I made the decision that I will spend daily time with God. And when I began to do this, my whole life changed. I can't say that I'm now making much more wise and intellectual decisions than then. In fact, I'd be a liar if I was to say this. The difference is that now I'm spending 
daily time with God. And my decisions are three-dimensional. Because you see, even a stupid decision you make with God on your side is better than the most clever and intellectual decision you could make on two dimensions. I want to invite you today to ask yourself, how do I make my decisions? Am I spending daily time with God to enable me to make three-dimensional decisions? Or am I just looking around the way that Lot did and making decisions based on my own wisdom? I want to invite you to examine your decision-making process. And if you find you're doing it more like Lot, then to make a decision today to turn your life around. Make a decision right now that you will spend daily time with God and I can guarantee you that this will completely revolutionize your life. Jesus is coming soon. I want to invite you, if you've heard His voice today, don't harden your hearts. Make the decision right now to spend time with Him daily as we close in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, We thank you for the examples you've given us of godly decision-making versus worldly decision-making. Help us to incorporate devotions into our life. Help us, Lord, to spend time with you daily that we may be able to make three-dimensional decisions. Help us to be prepared for the day you come to take us home. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening today and don't forget to visit our YouTube channel called Is It Relevant Today? where we have video presentations on many topics including the one we've just been talking about called Three-Dimensional Decision Making. We look forward to seeing you next week. I'm Marius Jigau. God bless and I hope you have a magnificent day. Oh
Listening to Is It Relevant Today? If you have any questions or comments, please leave them on our Facebook page, Is It Relevant Today? But for now, thanks for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next week. I love to tell the story, twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story. Of Jesus and His love